0: Yeah. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is William Fink, and this is Chris DeGeney, you Tonight, I, I'm on the road, I'm at my son's house, I, I got um, my son's family and kids, and, and I only have one computer screen instead of the usual four that I spoil myself with and all the books I have around me, and, and uh, you'll have to forgive me if I don't have my usual, if I'm disorganized more than usual tonight and and um, we're going to pick up with Matthew chapter 12 next week. This week I have Clifton Emma Heiser here with me and and Clifton is has just started publishing a series of papers concerning the angels chained in darkness and and we're going to discuss that tonight along with certain aspects of Genesis chapter 1 which Clifton finds quite interesting, um, not, not mainly, there's no new revelation from us on Revelation chapter 1, believe me, but what we have is um, some of the error of the 6th and 8th day creation theory, if I can call it that, and, and how that came into identity, and, and I think we're going to discuss some of that tonight. Hello, Clif- Clifton, praise how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Wonderful. Hello.
0: Well, where do you want to start? We, we have, well, I was
1: wondering where you wanted to start. Uh, I could start talking a little bit about um, a couple books I have here. Um, it might get us off in the right direction. And uh, they're really books I think everybody should have, although they're not without error. Um, the one book um, is um, Our Heritage, the Bible, by uh, Reverend William Pascoe Gord and um the first edition came out in uh, 1926 and um E Raymond capped uh du- um, um, reprinted it in 1941 and um I kind of looked up to see when um uh William Pascoe Gore died he did another book uh called um I uh Isaiah uh, a study and uh they got a picture of him in here and uh he looks like the typical Englishman and um uh, but they, they uh, uh they uh, they've got a date on this book of uh let me see here um, 1937, well, uh, just over his picture, they say he died just shortly after he finished this book. So he must have died in 1938 or 1939, and, uh, how old he was at that time, I don't know. But, uh, uh, evidently, um, E. Raymond Capp thought his works was good enough, uh, to, um, uh, reprint some of it and it used to be when Howard Rand had his uh, Destiny magazines uh... he quite often um, uh... Um, ha- had um, or he featured um, Gord's um, different writings uh... in his Destiny publication and um, I have all the um, Destiny publications back to 1946. But uh I thought that might be a good place uh to start at and um now now Gord uh, Gord has some pretty good writings I think for his time but one of the interesting things is that I th- uh better get the right book here. Um uh, uh he knew who the Jews were. He knew who, who the enemy was. And um, all of British Israel uh, were not aware of that.
0: So, so William Pascoe Gord knew that the Jews weren't Judah.
1: Um, he knew that, uh, I don't know whether he knew that or not, uh, but he knew that the Jews were working hand in hand with the Jesuit priest.
0: Okay. Oh, okay, so from a more secular viewpoint, he he knew that the Jesuits were... Um, you, you see, I believe that a lot of the Jesuits were actually Converso-Jews, right?
1: Yeah, a lot, and of, we, the, a lot of the Jesuits were actually uh, uh, um, Jews, you know, Canaanite that con- Jews.
0: Right, they converted to, to Catholicism so that they could be Jesuits. Yeah, they couldn't control governments. They couldn't infiltrate the, the courts of kings and control and, and control the churches. Jews, but they could do a lot as as um un, under the cloak of Christianity, right?
1: Well, see, the, and, and they did see the Jesuits and the Jews were into the um uh, uh oh, what they call it back then the the higher um, criticism uh, at that time. And, and they, they were, the, the Jesuits and the Jews, were working hand in hand. And this is what uh, Pascal Gorge says on page 28. Uh, a short excerpt here: The next step is to consider who within the ranks of the Church and the Nation of the Reformation are working in harmony with the enemy. The Jesuit is still uh, pressing his campaign to over throw the Protestant faith. Uh, His own writings up to date at his time will give absolute proof of that. The Jew is still pressing his campaign and is doing so hand in hand with the Jesuit. His own writings will uh, also make this clear.
0: That's interesting that he knew that from from that perspective, not from the biblical well, that's perspective, a but from bit
1: more than what some of the others in British Israel understood.
0: Well, well absolutely. They think that they, they embrace the Jews. They, they they um that they would take them right into their bedrooms if they could.
1: <clears>
0: that there's no doubt in my mind.
1: But what higher criticism was doing at at that time, uh, the Jesuits, along with the Jews, and a lot of the, like you say, a lot of the Jesuits were already Jews. Um, they were trying to disqualify every scripture that they could uh, come by and uh, particularly the creation story uh, in Genesis. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read what Pascal Gord uh, has to say about it here. And, uh, of course, he uh, when it says they, he, he's speaking about the Jesuits and the Jews. They have... Uh, Presented that there is more than one story of the creation and that these do not agree with each other. It was uh, a fatal move uh, uh, for the wing of the enemy of the Bible when he entered this citadel. There are not two or more accounts of creation. There is one sequent account dealing uh, with progressive stages of creation history from this position modern scholarship will have to withdraw now this would seem like that uh, that Pascal Gord uh, would realize that um, uh, the atom of Genesis 1 is the same atom of Genesis 2 but he he doesn't understand that because I go over here to um, page 33 and uh what he does he lists uh all the various uh phases of scripture uh and kind of puts them in line and when you read them uh now i, I won't you know there there's about 30 here but i'll only read the rest uh for six and he didn't number them but i put numbers on them so that uh the people that are listening can understand Number one, the creation of man. Number two, the formation of Adam. Number three, the birth of Cain and Abel. Four, the death of Abel. Five, the defection of Cain. Six, the birth of Seth, the father of the appointed seed. So you can see real clearly that although he's... uh, right on a lot of things. He's not right on, on the creation.
0: Well, well, right. It seems to me like Eli and his claim that the Genesis 2 man was formed and the Genesis 1 man was created and trying to use that different language to distinguish bet- that there were two different atoms, which just isn't possible, is following Pasco Gord.
1: Well, what, what, are that, they gonna, what are they going to do with Isaiah 43... Um... Um, well, well, right, they can't do anything with Isaiah 43. 43, and they... 43 seven, and it's speaking about Israel. Er, uh, even everyone that is called by my name, that's Israel. For I have created him in my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him, and I've underlined created, formed, and made. And, well, well, right. Well, three of those you... words is used in Genesis 5, I think it is.
0: And they also can't stand Genesis, that they can't stand up to, that their interpretation of Scripture does not stand up to Genesis chapter 5, which hearkens to the same language that Genesis chapter 1 uses. And we see that the Genesis, the, the, the Jesuits are trying to picture, I believe, three different creations of man, three different accounts, so that they could tear them apart. Because they apparently conflict with each other, the, the the commentator can create conflicts when he wants to, right? And, and Pasco Gord wants to see one sequential historical event, and and in fact both paradigms are are wrong. They are both impossible.
1: Well, that's that was my feeling, and and it appeared to me like uh, Gord was uh, trying to correct the. Um, Jesuits. And you wanted to bring up uh, Davies, too, because... Well, well, right.
0: And I was just about to do that. The first, uh, this is apparently, because I don't think there's an earlier one, right? This is the middle of the 19th century, and the first commentator who tried to separate the creation of Adam into two separate creations and goes through a lot of contortions of language to do it with the article, and which ones don't have the article, and which ones do have the article, Well, where Adam is, is found in Genesis chapters 1, 2, 3, is Thomas Davies. And, and Davies wrote 150 years ago almost. Now, he actually tried to say that the Genesis 126 man was a different Adam than the Genesis 1:27 Adam, because it's there that we see the word Adam used with no article in Genesis 1:26, and the word Adam used with the article in Genesis 1 verse
2: 27. Uh,
1: it, in 1:26, uh, it lacks the article. It acts the uh, hyphen. Uh, uh, I forget what that's called in Hebrew, but it's it's like our hyphen. And uh, and the article which is ha,
0: right. That's the makas. That, Now, that's the, what, um... what
1: what are they going to do with the Adam in First Chronicles one one? Uh, right. And, and this is the Adam that has a, a son by the name of Seth and a grandson by the name of Enosh and Kenan, Mahalaleel, M- M- Jared, and, and and right on down. You know, uh, all the way uh, up to Noah. And, well, and, well, right, and we and see that, the same. That's also without, uh, without the um, article, without the F, um, and, and without the hyphen. It's just the uh, ADM.
0: And, and we see the same exact thing in Genesis chapter five. This is the book of the generations of Adam. That's no hyphen, no, no article and it's the same exact form of the word that we see in Genesis 1.26, and, and that appears three times in the first three verses of Genesis chapter 5. So, so Genesis chapter 5, and the language is the same as Genesis 1.26, and, and it says that he created them male and female, just like it says in Genesis 1.26 through 28, and, and it's the same exact language, and it's the same Adam. That there's no distinguishing it. Paul tells us that there was one flesh of man, singular.
1: And, yeah, and right, I know you're going to bring that up later that in the too, program. The
0: I, I know you're going to bring that up later in the program, but that's, that there's evidence throughout the Bible that there is only one Adamic creation and not two. In fact, in, in Romans um, chapter eight, Paul talks about the creation of man as a singular creation as opposed to all other creations. So we can't assume that there were two creations of any atom uh, or two separate atoms because when we proceed through the rest of the Bible, it falls apart. It's not possible. And, And it's very childish. It's childish to this degree. It's childish because... These people, from from the time of Alexander Winchell wrote this book, Pre-Adamites, right? He recognized, Winchell recognized, even with all of his faults, he recognized that these non-white races were not Adam.
1: Yeah, that's right. And Adam was white. uh, And Adam was white.
0: And and he was an adult about it. He understood that these people were not Adam. And and therefore, they had no part with Adam and the Adamic creation. So he called them pre-Adamites. And, and he, he was a, um, an anthropologist, right, professionally. Well, well um, I, I think that Pasco, Gord and Thomas Davies and, and these other men and, and, and the Jesuits themselves were all apologists trying to find the other races in the Bible where otherwise they can't. They're trying to take a mallet and hammer the Bible story to fit the other races. And, and they just can't do it.
1: So that could be one of their that could very well be one of their motives uh but uh davie's definitely does, uh he evidently had read uh the hebrew to read uh because he's correct uh, there is no article where he says there isn't but yet uh uh he evidently doesn't know hebrew that well and uh if he had um I doubt whether he would have had any strong concordance or um,
0: uh, Well, the or, strong or concordance Gisenius wasn't or, completed yet.
1: Uh, Gesineus is a little older, isn't it?
0: Uh, yes, Gesineus is a lot older.
1: But, you know, uh, uh, Davies simply uh, just screwed up on, on the Hebrew.
0: And Eli claims to be following Davies in his Beast of the Field Paper, when in reality Eli's following Pasco Gord. He's not following Davies at all.
1: Well, you get right down to the uh, real core of it. Uh, he's, he's following the Jesuit Jews.
2: Well, well right.
1: It, it, it's nothing. This thing of the eighth, sixth and eighth day creation is nothing. When Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, this is nothing more than, than the leaven of the Pharisees. Is coming right out of that camp. Well, well, I would believe so.
0: I have no need to find the other races in 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 the um the creation of of non white races in the Bible. there's one flesh of man.
1: And and, and, and one... you know the the number there is four four four, and that's the Adam in the Greek. Now I understand that some places in the Septuagint, they screw up on that but but in that case uh Paul was definitely talking about the Adam
0: well well right that word is anthropos now, now I believe and I'm not the first one to to find this actually I had given it thought and dismissed the idea and and um Several years later, Isaiah Enalt, one of your proofreaders, had written to me and asked me about the same possibility, and I believe it to be true, that there's a word, antherus," which means flowery. And that word anthorus, that there's no, um that there's no logical explanation for the derivation of the Greek word for man, which is a compound word. Anthrops, anthropos is a compound word, and, and none of the commentators or, or none of the lexographers have a logical explanation for its derivation. Of course, the ops part, the ending, we know comes from the Greek word ops, which means face. And there's a lot of Greek words that, like, cyclops means round face, because kouklos means a circle, a cycle, right? And, and um, ops what well, which is a round face. So so um there's a lot of Greek words in that style which describe various creatures' faces. But anthropos or well which would come from the word anthrops, that means having the face of something that's antherous is the only logical word to point to, which means flowery, which would mean flowery faced, which is almost like saying ruddy or bright, brightly colored face. And, and I think that that's where the Greek word for man comes from, but you won't find that in the lexicon. You won't find it in the lexicon because, I believe, it, it's, um, it leads one to think, well, if men in, to the Greeks had flowery, bright faces, where does that leave the Negroes and, and all these other races?
1: They sure don't have uh, – I, I didn't realize that that was the, the Greek meaning for – for that word,
0: well, well, yes, it is. That that's where anthropology comes women,
1: from. The women, especially, have flowery faces.
0: Well, well, right, and and rosy cheeks, right? I I mean, who has rosy cheeks?
1: Now, that, uh, in the Old Testament, you know, the the, the kite Jezebel, she had to paint her face to to look like an Israelite.
0: Well, well, that very well could be, but but women were painting their faces since the dawn of time. To be honest, I I mean the whole makeup thing. Well, is one a, day they went out and they
1: ate some berries, and the berries uh, brightened up their lips, so they decided to eat berries quite often.
0: <laughs> well, well, that might be, but yeah, the Egyptians were painting their faces in 2500 B.C. or or perhaps even sooner. And they
1: had the stuff for their it was uh, the, the uh, mascara for their eyebrows and all that.
0: Yes, they had it all. Yeah. The eyes, the lips, the cheeks, the the whole makeup game. Well, there's, there's Wherever nothing, you'll, find a Kenite, you'll find a Kenite, you'll find somebody. Well, whenever you find a Kenite, you'll find somebody peddling makeup. I think. I, I
2: really do. Well, I
1: think the Kenites <laughs> have to wear that stuff to uh, try to look like us, because they don't have rosy cheeks, and, uh, and uh, I mean. They're homeless. Well, no, no, they
0: don't, but our, our, women, uh, our women fall for it all the time and feel that they have to wear that stuff, too, and, and they really don't. It, it's sad, and, and it really ruins their complexions, a lot of them. I, I, that's my opinion as a, as a man, and often married one.
1: Well, they finally come the, off from England with a, a thing on the news tonight and said that the women are ruining their feet with high heels. They 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 warned them that they shouldn't wear heels over uh, one inch high.
0: Well, well, right. They're ruining their feet, their backs. That they're not good. That they're not natural. Yeah, they're and, having and all they're kinds
1: of arthritis, and and uh, it, it uh, ruins their bone structures and and all kinds of stuff. So uh, we contort our bodies out of shape. We're going to pay for it somewhere along the line.
0: Well, well, absolutely.
1: Now, now, you're working on a series
0: of papers that, that I don't have the exact title in front of me. It's, the, it's about the angels that sinned that are chained in darkness. Would you like to move on to talk about those?
1: Yeah, well, um, you, you read the first one uh, uh, where my premise was that the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the title is Angels That Sin Chained in Darkness – Second Peter 2, 4, and Jude 6. And then I number them, 1, 2, and 3, and so on. And um, in the first paper, uh, what I tried to do was to line up the Greek. Uh, uh, and I had a hunch that if they was chained in darkness, they might be genetically chained in darkness. You know, may, uh, a fallen angel mixing with an ape, and and uh, they have the genetics of both the fallen angel and the ape, and they they can't you know once they're into it they can't get out of it.
0: Well, well, that's very. Um, and and yeah, you uh, know, uh, I, I, w-
1: I was surprised that I was able to find enough uh, Greek words that seemed to support that.
0: Well, well you, you know, it doesn't say that they're chained in darkness. It says that the chains are of darkness, right? That's what the Greek says.
1: Okay, it's not in darkness. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> it's too late to change the in to an of, but uh, <laughs> I. Uh, well, well,
0: no, I, I believe that. I, I thought you explained it. That, that was what the Greek said.
1: Oh, I might have. I might have, some, uh, somewhere along Yeah, okay. Uh, chained of darkness. Well,
0: well, chains of darkness.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I thought, okay. I I might be mistaken, but I thought that that was. I don't know your... how
1: I put it in the title anymore, but that's that's the way I got it there. Uh, that's a good observa- observation. Uh, that they're uh, uh, chained of darkness, right? They're in chains of darkness.
0: Well, well, right. I I, I don't have your
1: um. I don't have it out in front of me. Uh, uh, I just thought I would mention what my premise was, and if you had any comments from from remembering the uh, uh, proofreading uh, that paper for me.
0: Well, well, let me read. Let, let me read um, two Peter chapter two. And and then I'm going to read Jude, and and we're going to discuss them, right? But I'm going to start with 2 Peter chapter 2. And and this is the Christogenia translation. Now there were also false prophets among the people, even as among you there shall be false teachers who shall introduce destructive systems of philosophy, even denying the master who has bought them, bringing upon themselves quick destruction. Now Peter is making a distinction here. He says there will be false prophets and then he said that from among you, meaning his Christian office, his Christian audience, there would be false teachers and, and they, the people among us, the people who are of us who turn to false teaching are denying the master who has bought them but the, not those original false prophets that he mentions, right? They're, they're, he's mentioning two groups here. And many shall follow in their licentiousness, because of whom the way of truth shall be blasphemed, and with greediness they shall make profit from you with fictitious words, for whom from of old their judgment is not idle and their destruction does not sleep. Peter is referring back to those false prophets that there would be the... Um, the false teachers from among Christians being a parenthetical statement. For if Yahweh did not spare the angels or messengers who had sinned, but having cast them into Tartarus, into a pit of darkness, he had delivered them being kept for judgment. Now, Now it says a pit of darkness. It doesn't say necessarily a dark pit. And, and even though in my translation I, I use the phrase "cast into Tartarus," the verb is a single verb. It, it's a single word, and, and it's "tartarizo" is the verb. And, and in Greek, it means to cast into Tartarus. But it could be very well it could be used metaphorically. It's not a pit in darkness. It's a pit of darkness. They're kept in a pit. Of darkness, that could very well be an allegory. Okay, it doesn't have to be taken literally. It could very well mean that the outcome of their race mixing means that they would be kept in dark bodies, and and that that I can't it it's, it's I can't prove that it would say that, but that's the premise of your statement uh, of your papers, I, I think, and, and that. Is something that we can't outright deny. It, it's a, a very plausible possibility.
1: Well, you know, and, and, it's odd that um, uh, in my my uh, home—it's uh, not a home Bible, it's a world Bible. It's got a pretty good center reference, and Second uh, Peter two four and Jude six uh, both take takes me to uh, John eight forty four.
0: Well, well, there you have it the, the children of the devil right I, I mean that 's probably um a pretty good cross that 's probably a pretty good cross reference. Let me continue with two Peter. He had delivered them being kept for judgment, and he did not spare of the old society, but he had kept Noah, the eighth proclaimer of righteousness, having brought a w Japan the society of the impious, and the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, burning to ashes he had condemned to destruction, having been set forth for an example of those who were going to be impious, in other words, in the future. And he delivered the righteous Lot, who had been oppressed by the licentious conduct of the lawless, for with sights and reports the righteous one dwelling among them day by day, tormented a righteous soul with their righteous deeds. In other words, Peter's saying that Lot tormented his own spirit by volunteering to dwell, to dwell among these people. He, he was only torturing himself with their sinfulness, having to observe it. And, and anybody, I think, any, any um, aware Christian probably gets that same feeling when he visits places like Greenwich Village or Los Angeles, or San Francisco, or any of our major cities, which are modern-day Sodoms and Gomorrahs, right? The prince knows to deliver the pious from trial, but to keep the unrighteous, being punished for a day of judgment, and especially those going after the flesh with the desires of defilement and despising authority, kind after kind. Presumptuous adventurers, not fearing honor, they blaspheme, where the messengers, or angels, being greater in power and ability, do not bring against them a judgment for blasphemy as appropriate. But these, having been born as natural, irrational animals, I believe that the King James translates it brute beasts, right? into destruction and corruption. They're born into destruction and corruption, in which blaspheming they are ignorant, in their corruption they shall also perish, doing injustice for the wages of injustice, regarding luxury of pleasure by day, stains and disgraces, reveling in their deceits, feasting together with you. In in other words, these this line of Cain, these wicked people who did not descend from Adam, they were born as natural brute beasts. They're made for destruction and corruption, and, and they're feasting together with us. And, and we see these people have populated our lands and our territories, and, and they're bringing every other beast in with them, and, and, and they're dining on our dime, on, on nations that we built. On, on a society that we created, they've infiltrated it, just as Peter describes here, that, and and they're dining and partying and, and living it up, and and Peter's telling us exactly what's going on. Having eyes full of adultery and unable to cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. That's exactly what they do. They're well, the world's ultimate. You know, ultra- for
1: them to have eyes of adultery, they want a mixed race.
0: Well, well, right, absolutely. They're race mixers and, and they, enti- they entice unstable souls. They are the world's ultimate panderers. They have been panderers, right since Genesis chapter three. They've been panderers.
1: You know, Having- this this uh, senator or, or this this guy by the name of Wiener that they're uh, going after isn't he typical?
0: Yeah, and in a very ironic name, ironic name, he has a very appropriate name. And in a very ironic way, he has a very appropriate name. It's extremely typical. But what's more typical, I think, with the Wiener case is that the Jew loves to keep sex in the news. They did it with Clinton and Lewinsky, remember? That they had that disgusting act, sexual act, in the news every single night. And every child in America must have wondered what they were talking about. And I'm sure they all knew real quick. And the Jew loves that. That's one device through which the Jew spreads his disease. And, and they love to keep that topic, that subject, the sex organ organs of a man, in the news. And, and that's the only way reason why they're beating this case to death. Enticing unstable souls, having hearts exercised with greediness, cursed children abandoning the straight road. They have wandered astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Besor, which we see was, is race-mixing. He, he encouraged the, the Israelites... The subject
1: is not being the, changed.
0: Well, well, right, the subject is not being changed. And he, Balaam encouraged the king of Moab to race-mix his women with the Israelites in, in order to defeat them. And that's the only way we could be defeated is through our own lasciviousness. Who would love the wages of unrighteousness, but he had a rebuke for his own transgression, a dumb beast of burden with the voice of a man, and and there's a lot of them around, having spoken clearly, had curbed the derangement of the prophet. These are streams without water. That's a broken cistern, right? A cloud without water, Jude calls them, we'll see and clouds being driven by a tempest, for whom the gloom of darkness is kept. And there we see it again. For uttering excessive vanity, they entice with the licentious desires of the flesh those nearly escaping who are returning to error. In other words, those almost escaping possibly, but who have returned to sin. Proclaiming for themselves freedom, they become slaves of corruption. We see the Jew do that time and again. They proclaim liberty, that they, that they um, proclaim the, the overthrow of enslavement and tyranny, and, and all they do is use that liberty to become slaves of corruption because they fill. The liberty to them is all, every sort of perversion and sexual deviancy. And as soon as the Jew becomes free in a land to do what he pleases, he fills that land with perversion and sexual deviancy. We saw that pattern in, in the days of Napoleon. We saw that pattern with the Weimar Republic, and we see it again today in this nation, and after the Second World War, that there's no doubt. For by that which one is overcome, to this he is enslaved. If we give ourselves over to lasciviousness and licentiousness, we become the slave to sexual deviancy. For if escaping the pollutions of society, by the knowledge of our Prince and Savior, Yahshua Christ, and these being entangled again, or overcome, the ends of them become worse than the beginnings. We're supposed to come out from the world. For it was better for them not having known the way of righteousness than they know turning away from the Holy Commandment, having been delivered to them. But the truth of the proverb happened to them. A dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow being cleansed, rolling in the mud. A good example of this is the Catholic Church today. Well, we have this, this um, all these crypto Jew bishops and, and these crypto Jew cardinals, and they're caught up in all these sex scandals. That they started out as perverts, and, and that they've absconded the the, the the Catholic Church, and they're ending up as perverts.
1: Well, John it, Paul, John Paul, his mother's name was Katz, wasn't it?
0: Oh, yes, he, he was raised in a Jewish ghetto, there's no doubt. And, and Ratzenberger is also from, a, from what's apparently a family with, with converse, of converso-Jew background. Well, the people that Peter's talking about are these people, these non-Adamic people who are feasting and eating together with us. And, and I take that not to mean that they're necessarily at your kitchen table, I take that to mean that they are in our nation sharing its fruits with us.
1: Well, that word eating can mean uh, having sex, too.
0: Well, well, yes, it can, and they're doing that also, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're eating with us, all right.
0: Well, let me read the epistle of Jude. I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing. I probably won't, but I'm going to read a good part of it. Jude, servant of Yahshua Christ and brother of Jacob, to, or James, to those beloved by... Father Yahweh, even the chosen being preserved by Yahshua Christ, mercy to you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, making all haste to write to you concerning our common salvation, I had necessity to write to you, encouraging you to contend once and for all for the faith having been delivered to the saints. And, And he's talking about this New Testament gospel, right? For some men have stolen in... Those of old, meaning it's those, those same people who stole in in Genesis chapter 3 and Genesis chapter 6. Ha, having been written about before time for this judgment, godless men substituting the favor of our God for licentiousness, they're, they're the same sexual deviance, and denying our master and prince, Yahshua Christ, that is the Jews. But I desire to remind you, You all knowing that once and for all, the prince having delivered the people from the land of Egypt the second time destroyed those not believing, and the messengers not having kept their first dominion, the angels not having kept their first estate, but having forsaken their own habitation, that can only be describing Genesis chapter 6 and and Genesis chapter 3, I saw Satan fall from heaven, are kept under darkness in everlasting bindings, for the judgment of the great day, they're being kept under darkness, not necessarily kept in a pit in the ground. And, and it can very well be an allegory. They're being kept under darkness, can, can, and, and the everlasting bindings can very well be the bindings of, of the corruption which these people caused. As, you, as your paper, I think, makes the, makes the, um, the analogy to d- the chains of DNA, right? And, and right. That, that, that's an analogy, and it's not an improper one, because this very well doesn't well, – we can't imagine that there are messengers or angels somewhere around in a pit in the ground for the last how many thousands of years? What we very well have all these beasts among us, who could very well be those chains of darkness themselves.
1: Well, tell you, uh, when I when I uh, when I see a, a black, uh, I I'm looking at a fallen angel.
0: Well, well, yes, that's ex- that, that's highly probable. And you, know, and you that, know,
1: you know, it's ironic. They had this uh, program on television a few years ago. Uh, touched by an angel, and, and and the leading player was a, a Negro woman.
2: Well, well, there you have it. I mean, <laughs>
0: that's pretty funny. That that just continues the analogy, right?
1: The, uh, <laughs> they really were touched by an angel, a fallen angel. Well, well, right,
0: and that's why Hollywood, Los Angeles, is the city of the angels. It's really the city of the fallen angels. We just don't get it. There's a reason why it's loaded with Jews, and and that's where they make all the movies. That they, All those movies come straight from hell. Whereas, likewise, also these dreamers indeed defile the flesh, for they reject authority and they blaspheme honor. Yet Michael, the chief messenger, when contending with the false accuser or devil, argued over the body of Moses, which very well could be the, 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 the Torah, right? The, 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 um, the books of the law, right? right? The body of Moses. It could be an, al- an analogy for the Bible did not venture to bring a judgment of blasphemy, but said, the prince or the Lord should censure you. But these indeed blaspheme whatever they do not know. And we see the Jew blaspheme just about everything. I mean, I don't know if there's a topic in history, in the Bible, in science, that the Jew has not blasphemed. Yet whatever is natural, they understand like irrational beasts. If you want to see beasts, if you want to claim that the other races are beasts of the field in the Old Testament, that's fine. But here they are being described in the New Testament as beasts, both in Peter and in Jude. So don't imagine that these beasts are ever going to be saved or judged like, like, um, for, for sin. They've already committed sin, that their sin is already that they're beasts. They can never be re- redeemed from that. You can't wash off the sin of race mixing. There is no redemption from it.
1: Your your judgment passage in Jeremiah. There, you know, you can uh, use all the soap you want to, but you can't wash it away.
0: Well, well, right. They've already been judged. They're already going to perdition. There's no recovering that. There's no recovery from that from race mixing. It can't be done. And and these apostles and these epistles, they don't offer any recovery for these for these irrational brute beasts. They say that they're born for destruction. <coughs> Just like Paul called the Edomites vessels of destruction, Peter in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, says that they're born into destruction and corruption. That there's no recovery from all, that. There's no bastard, promise of recovery. There's no hope in that.
1: All a bastard can do is produce another bastard, and a thousand generations a thousand bastards.
0: No doubt. By these things they destroy themselves, is what Jude tells us. They destroy themselves by their blasphemies and and their further mixing and and everything else that they do. Woe to them because they have gone in the way of Cain. We're still on that topic of race mixing. By these things they destroy themselves. Uh, I'm sorry, and in a deception they pour forth of the wages of Balaam. And they're destroyed in the disputa- disputation of Korah. That now we see that you know, the disputation of Korah. Korah himself was a Levite. However, I would say that there was definitely a mixed multitude among the children of Israel, and and we're told that they came out of Egypt with Israel. And we're also told that Yahweh kept all of them in the desert for for forty years, so that only the chosen can can survive to make the the um the trek into Palestine, the the con the, the conquest under Joshua.
1: That was, These to, are spots, that was to help weed them out, then
0: huh? Well, well, right. It was absolutely to help weed them out. These are spots in your feast of charity, feasting together without fear, tending to themselves. Clouds without water being carried away by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead being uprooted, stormy waves of the sea foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of darkness is kept forever for as long as they endure. Now they're not kept in gloom of darkness, the gloom of darkness is kept for them, and I believe that that also can be an allegory that indicates where these other races came from. And, and there's nothing else that explains this sufficiently. And we're going to get into that word, che, before this, uh, this program is over with. These people are spots in our feasts of charity. That means that these are the people of other races who are sharing in the communion of our national bounty, these are the people who dining in our, dining in our restaurants, partaking of our profits and and all the other things that they're doing, but they are not us. They are not recipients of the covenants and the promises and the blessings of God. And Enoch, and and also Jude calls them. Um, Clouds without water. We saw Peter call them streams without water. They're broken cisterns. They're race-mixed vessels. They're non-atomites. They don't have, and the physical vessels cannot hold that spirit which was imparted to the Adamic race. They don't have it. They can't have it. And because they don't have it, if they have no part in the fall, if they have no share of that spirit... It's this simple. They have absolutely no part in the resurrection, and they have no part in the kingdom of heaven.
1: They're twice dead.
0: Yes, they're twice dead, meaning that once they're dead physically, they are dead spiritually. And that's exactly what Jude calls them, trees without fruit. Twice dead once they are uprooted. Twice dead being uprooted. Even though they
1: appear to be walking around and breathing and everything, they're dead. They're zombies. So
0: they're not. So they're not really living, are they?
1: No, they're zombies.
0: So, so even though they might appear to be che, they're not really che, are they're, they? They're
1: just the opposite of che. They're they're tw- uh, actually they're twice uh, non che.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> they're twice dead.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Don't judge life by its appearances.
1: <laughs> One of the meanings of uh, che is dead water.
0: Well well yes, I am sure the word could be used of water that's turned stagnant.
1: Stagnant
2: and water
0: is, is seen as being dead, yes. Yeah. That that could be one description of it. Okay, and Enoch, seventh from Adam, prophesied to thee saying, or or actually it could describe living water in, in contradistinction to stagnant water, right? And Enoch, seventh from Adam, prophecy to thee, saying, Behold, the prince has come with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment against all and to convict every soul for all of their impious deeds which they committed impiously and for all of the harsh things which the impious wrongdoers have spoken against him. Well, well all the goats go into the lake of fire. Every one not found written in a book goes into the lake of fire. There's no doubt. Well, When it's all over with, the only thing you have left are, are, are Adamic people. And that's just the way it is. These are grumbling murmurers going in accordance with their own lusts. Their mouths speak excesses, admiring appearances for the sake of advantage. The Jew is the world's ultimate flatterer for his own advantage. These things have been known for thousands of years. So when you think about the relationship between Benjamin Disraeli, always flattering Queen Victoria, you'll know exactly who Jude was talking about. But you, beloved, must be mindful of the words spoken beforehand by the ambassadors about Prince Joshua Christ, that they said to you that at the end of time there shall be scoffers going in accordance with their own lusts for impious things, these are those making divisions, animals not having the spirit, or beasts not having the spirit. Beasts don't have the spirit, period. Those people who are trying to preach a gospel to the beasts, they should probably be counted among them. Now to him, as Jude says, those who make divisions, because beasts don't have the spirit. Now to him who is able to keep you unfailing and to establish you in the presence of his honor, blameless and great joy, to Yahweh, our only Savior, through Yahshua Christ, our Prince, in honor, majesty, sovereignty, and authority for all the ages, even now and for all eternity, truly. That's the epistle of Jude and we see what Jude and we see what Peter had to say about the twice dead clouds without water, the broken cisterns, who are really born into corruption and destruction, and that they're, they're basically natural brute beasts, and and that's
2: the, that's their end right there.
1: Yeah, the, uh, your your comments are very good, Bill. Um, I appreciate you bringing bringing all this stuff up uh, uh, tonight. I I was uh, or during the afternoon I kind of got tired of um, working with this, and I thought I'd go to the computer and uh, uh, look up the you know uh, there there's the word uh, che and then there's the word nefesh, and and I, I thought well I'm going to look up and see what I can find. In it. You know, that's N-E-P-H-E-S-H.
0: Yes, Nefesh. I think that means something that's breathing, right? I, I might be wrong.
1: Yeah, so I I, I put that in uh, uh, in the... Uh, I, I thought, you know, there might be something I'm missing, you know. So um, I put that in the search engine, and um, uh, lo and behold, it, it, uh, uh, one of the uh, things that brought me up real quick, it brought me up to... Uh, 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 alias Eli James's uh, website,
2: <laughs> and, and,
1: and I, I couldn't believe it, you know. And, uh, and uh, now here's what uh, Eli was doing. He was uh, quoting a guy by the name of John Knight. Now I don't know who this John Knight is, but I'll read you read you what here John, what John Knight said. Uh, here's what uh, the this is this is Eli words. Here's what the author John Knight uh, has to say about the word beast. As it appears in the Bible, and and he goes ahead and says that uh, there's eight different one uh, different uh, t- uh, words and, and and he mentions Behemoth, uh, buyer, and uh, Zias and Che and Chivia, and uh, some others here, uh, but but the uh, line that I caught, uh, uh, um, John Knight said this. The word behemoth describes the, quote, beast, unquote, who have boils on their bodies, who have hands, uh, uh, who could lie down with women and have have sex with her. Now, that's the very thing I wrote in my very first uh, um, Identifying the beast of the Field, and that's what Eli got so bent out of shape for. And he wrote that fifty-some page, around no forty-five pages, I think it is. Uh, 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 that that uh, great big long harangue that he had there on that, and they, here he has it right on his website that proves my position. He doesn't. He doesn't uh, pay any attention to what he puts on his website. I'll, I'll repeat it. The word behemoth, now that's 929, describes, quote, beasts, unquote, who have boils on their bodies, who have hands. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, uh, Alan Campbell, that's what he was saying, and he he was using the, the wrong word, uh, who could uh, lie down with women and have sex with her. And, and uh, I was uh, in that uh, identifying the beast, of the field, number one, I was uh, pointing all all that out, and here Eli has it right on his website, uh, the uh, documentation that I was correct.
2: What do you think of that? You there, Bill? Eli, I'm sorry, I muted my microphone. I had to cough,
0: and you were talking, and I forgot okay, I had. to mute. well, you know, uh, I, I do gotta, know
1: to... I gotta take a couple minutes because at nine o'clock here, I gotta, I gotta take a pill. I'll be back in in, in about three minutes. Okay. Okay.
0: Eli has an agenda to squeeze the other races into the Bible, just like Pasco Gord had, just like Thomas Davies had, just like the Jesuits had, and and the Jesuits used that. The the Jesuits, here's what the Jesuits wanted to do. They wanted the Catholic Church to take the position that the Catholic Church should be the imperial ruler of the world, that the Catholic Church, there should be one true church, and that they should go conquer all the world's other races and rule over them and force them all to convert to the Catholic religion. This is exactly the same thing that Eli James is promoting. He, he claims that we are to rule over all of the other races of the world. That is not what the scripture says.
1: Yeah, I'm back, Bill.
0: Because we can't fit the other races into the beast creation and let's, let's talk about that. This word che means a living thing. And it's very clear from the, the epistle to Jude, from Jude, and the epistle of, to Peter, that not all of the things which we perceive as living would be perceived by Yahweh as living. And, and I believe that's very safe to say. But we can't... Um, what we cannot assume that these other, other races are living in the eyes of God just because we perceive them to be living. And just because we perceive them to be living doesn't mean that we have to squeeze them into the creation of Che or living things in Genesis chapter 1. It's just not possible. It's, it's, it's definitely not um, – if they're called – if Jude says that they were born into destruction, then, then how could they be living things? How, how could they <laughs> – well, where is the third choice here? If these people, these beasts, these natural brute beasts that are dining among us and pursuing and, and sharing in our national wealth – if they're here for our punishment, how could we assume that they'll be rewarded? Well, when Yahweh has always punished those who punished us, he's even punished the other Adamic races who, who punished us. And, and these people are all mixed races. I, I just it's an impossible theology for me to believe that any of these people have any future. In the promises and the restoration of our race, they had no future at all in the restoration of our We're
1: best. told. Yes. Didn't Christ uh, tell the Canaanite Jews uh, that your whited sepulchers, you're full of dead men's bones?
0: Yes, and and they were obviously breathing
1: and creatures. And the bones, the bones is where the blood is made, so that means they got dead blood. They don't have, and the life is in the blood.
2: Well, well, absolutely. Life is in the blood,
0: and, and there's one blood of man, right? And, and there's one flesh of man.
1: Right, there's and, one and flesh I, of man, right.
0: I, I don't know how you could get more than one race of man
2: out of one flesh of man. It just can't be done. Um, I, I want to. I'm looking for your paper in my in my
0: notes. Oh, the, I want to get the, back uh, to it.
1: Notes, the the angels that send the notes. Yes. Yeah, I can start in on that if you want me to.
0: Yes. Why don't you be my guest?
1: Okay. What I done basically the best translation of um, Genesis 124 and 125, as far as I'm concerned. Um, is uh, Smith and Goodspeed, and and, uh, they spell it out pretty good, Uh, and, and this is the way it reads. 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth various kinds of living creatures, the various kinds of domestic animals, reptiles, and wild beasts of the earth. 25, and so it was, God made the various kinds of wild beasts of the earth, the various kinds of domestic animals, and all the various kinds of uh, land reptiles, and God saw that it was good. Now, 24 is before the fact, and verse 25 is after the fact, so, uh, uh, you know, I checked 20 other translations uh, of the Old Testament, and I have a lot more than that, and, and including the LXX, and they all agree with Smith and Goodspeed. Let's now break uh, verses 24 and 25 down into two categories. Uh, one, verse 24, before the fact, and two, verse 25, after the fact. Firstly, 24 is proposing before the fact that God would create three classifications of living creatures and that the three would be domestic animals, reptiles, and wild beasts. Secondly, verse 25 specifies these same three classifications of living creatures as 24 but in a different way order thusly, wild beasts, domestic animals, and reptiles. Therefore, verse 25 explains in detail the three classifications of living creatures proposed before the fact in verse 24. After having established the parties of verse 24 and 25, let's break down these two uh, verses even further. 24, God, uh, then God said let the earth bring forth various kinds of living creatures, Che 2416 plus nephesh 5315, the various kinds of one, domestic animals, two, reptiles, three, and wild beasts. Che 224, one. Uh, uh, Rather, Che 24:16 of the earth. 25. So, so, and so it was. God made the various kinds of three, a wild beast of the earth. One, the various kinds of domestic animals, and two, all the various kinds of land reptiles. And God saw that it was good. From all, uh, from all of this, we see that all three domestic animals, reptiles, and wild beasts of the earth fall under the classification as Che, 24, plus Nefesh, 53, uh, 15. Therefore, well, right.
0: Che is twenty-four sixteen is, is 24,
1: 16, is strong? 24, yeah. Therefore, even the dullest simpleton should grasp that uh genesis 124 and 25 is not speaking of the creation of the non-white races
0: unless you have an agenda and you insist on squeezing them into those categories and and that's somebody with an agenda would do that
1: yeah so uh, uh, anything else bill well well yeah i have a lot
0: else to say i, I yeah first, go ahead if the other races were included in Genesis one twenty four and one twenty five, and this is as childish as the interpretation is, then Adam would have given them a name. When, when, when Yahweh brought all the creatures in front of Adam to give them a name, he would have brought the other races, they'd have a name. Do they ever have a name anywhere in the scripture? No. What are they called? They're called beast of the field. But that word beast is almost always not che. It's the word behema. And that is not a biological distinction. That is a pejorative. A pejorative is a word that normally does not have a negative meaning, but it's used in a certain way that it does have a negative meaning. In other words, there's nothing wrong with the word animal. The word animal is not a curse in itself, but if I called you an animal in English, people would understand that I'm using that as a pejorative, as a slur against you. And that's all the other races ever mentioned in the Bible. Is a slur. That's, that's all they're ever, ever given in, in, the other, in the scriptures where they are mentioned, they're given that slur. Now, if they're slurred all throughout scripture, how could Yahweh have created them and called them good? If he created them and called them good, they would have a name. They never have that name. So, so that's one way of looking at this. And it, it, it might seem like a childish argument on the surface, but it's no worse than the argument of the people who try to squeeze the other races into the Genesis account where they simply don't fit. Now, Genesis 3.1. There are people that make a lot of hay about Genesis 3. Oh, Genesis 3.1 proves that the other races were in in the Genesis 1 creation. Well, let's read Genesis 3.1. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which Yahweh God had made. Do we know at this point that the serpent being spoken of is actually a person? No, we don't know that yet. We don't learn that for another couple of verses. What we see here is not a biological identification of a person as a serpent. So what we see is not a biological identification of other races as beasts of the field. What we see here is only this. In this verse, we see the reason why this particular individual was called a serpent. That's all we see here. We understand that he's being called a serpent because out of all of the beasts of the field which God actually did make, the serpent is the most cunning. So we will take the name of this actual biological entity, which we could call a snake, and we will apply that to this two-legged individual because that represents His cunning. That's all we see here. We don't see a proof that God made two-legged creatures in the beast creation. All we see here is an allegory. That's it. It doesn't prove that Yahweh made Negroes or Chinamen or any other race. We would have to have two or three more witnesses, and we don't. So Eli James all, all of, and, and Dan Kersey and all the other people that insist that this verse means that Yahweh made other races besides the Adamic race of man, that they're, just, they're just wrong. This verse does not have to be interpreted by, in that manner at all, and it's more likely that this is a common allegory. It, it's, an, it's an idiomatic use of the term serpent. And, and we see that it, it's just telling us why the individual is called a serpent. It has nothing to do with the biology of creation, period. Now, now one more thing. I, I don't have the numbers in my head because the books are home, right? But I know that the word fair, the Greek word fair, it, it's spelled theta, alpha, I'm sorry, theta, theta eta, Ro T-H-A-R in English would be the best way to, uh, to spell it. Well, that word fair is translated from the, the Hebrew word che several hundred times, okay? And the fair in Greek is a wild beast, And it's actually where we see the word beast in Jude, and in 2 Peter chapter 2, we see the Greek word fair, okay? But in Greek, a fair is a wild beast. And there's another Greek word, katanus. And a katanus, that's a cattle, right? A katanus is a domesticated beast, like a steer or a ram or a goat. And I know for a fact that out of... At least 200, and probably many more times than that, but at least 200 times in the Greek Septuagint, where the word che appeared in Hebrew, the Greek translators wrote fair, which is a wild beast. Only three times did they write katanus, which is is a domesticated animal. So so the preponderance of evidence would lead me to believe that the Septuagint translators, who knew Hebrew a little better than we did, understood a che, a a che nefesh, to be a a wild beast and not a domesticated
2: two-legged slave. And, And that's how the word was generally interpreted on all but three occasions in the Septuagint. Okay, Clisten, is there anything that you would like to add to that? I mean,
0: the the word "che" is a living thing, and and it's evident in Scripture that not all two-legged beings are living because some of them are. Well, while well, a good number of them are twice dead, and, and
1: well, the, the Scriptures does say that uh, uh, Eve would be the mother of all che.
0: Well, well, right, and she sure as hell isn't the number of the, the mother of the Negroes and the Chinese people and, and the, the, uh, all of these other beasts.
1: Well, if Che means the other races, that would make her the mother of the other races instead of the white people.
0: Well, well evidently, and I think it's only talking in relation to, to, um, to, to men, of course, and, and Eve is certainly only the mother of the white race and those of us who who have mixed, and no doubt Cain himself, but just because Eve is the mother of some dead people doesn't mean that she's not the mother of all living people, all Adamic people.
1: You know, Christ um, also made reference to uh, a living dead uh, at uh, Matthew uh, 22, 31, and 32, where he said, uh, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not heard that which was spoken of uh, by your God saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And, and, and what he means there, he's not, not the God of the uh, people that appear like they're living, but are dead.
2: Well, well, right, absolutely.
1: Uh, Christ could safely make such a claim that the Canaanite Jews were inwardly dead as he knew that they were descended in part from the ten Canaanite nations of Genesis 15, 19 through 21, of which uh, two were Kenites, descendants of Cain, and the Rephiams, a race of giants, descended uh, from the fallen angels other were otherwise known as sons of Rapa or the dead uh, now uh, alias Eli James in order to refute this said in his own words quote that's silly but all this can be uh, substantiated from the Bible not only is uh, Che 24 uh, 16 plus uh, Nephish 53.15 uh, used at Genesis 124 for the domestic animals, reptil- reptiles and wild beasts but is used at, at uh, Genesis 120 and 121 for birds uh, that fly in the sky and marine life that swim in the sea the apostle Paul absolutely had the first chapter of Genesis in mind when he wrote uh, 1 Corinthians 15.39, where he sta- stated, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another uh, flesh of beast, another uh, flesh of fishes, and another of birds. Not only is Che 24.16 plus Nephish 53.15 used, uh, for domestic animals, reptiles, wild beasts, birds that fly in the sky, and marine life that swim in the sea. But it is also used for Adam, i.e. man, at uh, Genesis 1.20, 20, where it states, uh, and Yahweh formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the uh, breath of life, and man became a, a living 24:16 soul, uh, fifty-three, one five, I E Che, twenty-four, sixteen plus, uh, Nephish, uh fifty-three, one five. You have anything to say, Bill?
2: Well,
0: well now, no, I don't. But but that's fine. It, it's clear to me that if Eve is the mother of all living, that certainly doesn't include Negroes and Chinamen. So we can't squeeze them into the category of all living. It, it's just ridiculous. And, and it's totally unscriptural, and, and it, it's um, patently false. I, I'd like to read some, some passages from my paper, The Problem with Genesis 6, 1-4, yeah, right yeah, right that, that, per- that are pertinent to this, to this discussion, right? And, and I, I think I wrote this paper, what, about six years ago, maybe? The, the problem with Genesis 6, 1 to 4? I mean, you might remember yeah, better yeah, than I. Yeah, I
1: remember typing that out. That was, uh, that's was that been a it, while
0: now. It's got to be six years ago. The fragments of the Book of Enoch found among the Dead Sea Scrolls agree to a great extent with Charles's Book of Enoch, which was translated from an entirely different source, texts found in Ethiopia, which had been maintained there for many centuries. While they shall not all be cited here, representative of the Enoch literature relating to Genesis 6 events is 4Q202. The Dead Sea Scrolls are numbered by the cave. The Q stands for Qumran, and then each scroll in a cave or each fragment is giving a, a, a peculiar number. 4, 4Q Enoch B Aramaic is the, the full, fuller name of 4Q202. It's a text which, which corresponds to 1 Enoch chapter 5, verse 9, through chapter 6, verse 4, and chapter 6, verse 7, through chapter 8, verse 1. And I'll read that from the Dead Sea Scrolls. All the days of their life, it happened that when, in those days, the sons of men increased, pretty and attractive daughters were born to them, the watchers, the sons of the sky, saw them and lusted for them, and said to each other, Let's go out and choose women from among the daughters of man and sire for ourselves, sons. However, and and the reconstructions here are corroborated from other scrolls, and, and that's where it breaks with the word however. The offspring which resulted from these unions are later called bastards, and I will cite that from 4Q204, quote, Exterminate all the spirits of the bastards and the sons of the watchers, which seems to have been speaking prophetically. That watchers is a word used of certain angels is evident from the biblical book of Daniel in chapter 4, where it is without doubt used of angels. The word also appears in a similar context in several Greek writings, such as Hesiod's works and Days, where Hesiod, the ancient 7th century B.C. poet, says, For upon the bounteous earth, Zeus has three times 10,000 watchers, I'm sorry, 10,000 spirits, watchers of mortal men, and these keep watch on judgments and deeds of wrong as they roam. So that's what the earliest Greeks believed of the watchers, and that would have been roughly equivalent with the Hebrew perception of the angels, right? So we see that the watchers... Had race mixed with the daughters of Adam and created bastards. And those bastards are also the source of evil spirits. If we allow the testimony of the book of Enoch, the Genesis Apocryphon, and the Alexandrine manuscript of the Septuagint, and the New Testament passages such as Luke 10, verses 18 through 19, and Revelation 12, verses 7 through 9, All these together in in this one place are an authority of much greater weight than the versions of Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 found in in the Masoretic text. And we know that where it says sons of God in the Masoretic text in Genesis chapter 6, it should certainly say sons of heaven. And and by that way, we we also know how it is possible to understand how a serpent, which was a member of that fallen race, could have seduced Eve, right? I I mean, all of this works, all of these books work in perfect cohesion. And and this race is called the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or the experience of
2: good and evil, in Genesis chapter 2. Now, now the, um, the book of Giants... In the Book of Giants,
0: the race of fallen angels is said to have perpetrated the corruption of many species. And the Book of Giants is part of the literature of the Book of Enoch, and and it's part of that literature which Jude and Peter were referring to. And and from another edition of the Qumran Scrolls, which is the Dead Sea Scrolls by Michael Wise and Martin Abag and Edward Cook, on page 247, I'm going to read a translation of the scroll, which is labeled 1Q23, fragments 1 and 6. And this is a quote of, of a, of a um, text that's quite fragmented. 200 donkeys, 200 asses, 200 rams of the flock, 200 goats, 200 beasts of the field from every animal, from every bird, for miscegenation. Apparently, according to the Book of Giants, the fallen angels were miscegenating every sort of species. And in the same source, in 4 q 531 in the second fragment it says and this is part of the same literature they defiled they begot giants and monsters they begot and behold all the earth was corrupted with its blood and by the hand of the giants which did not suffice for them and they were seeking to devour many the monsters attacked it now again from the scroll labeled 4q 532 Column 2, fragments 1 to 6. Flesh, all monsters will be. They would arise, lacking in true knowledge, because the earth grew corrupt, mighty. They were considering from the angels upon. In the end, it will perish and die. They caused great corruption in the earth. This did not suffice to. They will be. Now, now that's a very fragmentary scroll. Admittedly, that there's... very few words there, but there's enough words that the general theme of the fragments from what is already known, from what is known as the Book of Giants it is readily evident. And, and a very similar version of what is related here is found in 1 Enoch chapters 86 and 88. It is highly probable that accounts such as these were, I believe, the inspiration for the ancient Chimera myths of both Greek and Near Eastern mythology, that the mixed animal myths, such as the Seder and and the Centaur, the Centaur and and myths such as that, the, the Griffin, all came from these same accounts, and they were carried by our race wherever we traveled, and and that that seems to me, to to me to be certainly the case. So so we see that um. The the fallen angels did not only mix the, the r- their race with the daughters of Adam, but they mixed all the races. and And it says in another source that I it says in another source that I didn't pull out for this that they mixed their seed with every kind. I remember that quote um, quite clearly, but I don't have the reference at hand. I'm sorry, Clifton.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, Well, you know that uh, um, Eli's always uh, harping about archaeology. The Dead Sea Scrolls is archaeology. Even if an Arab boy did discover them, there's still um, archaeological evidence of what uh, some, some of the scripture said.
0: Well, well, absolutely, and, and we have much more archaeology than that. I mean, the dinosaurs, the existence of the dinosaurs has never been fully explained, and Enoch's talking about these fallen angels having created monsters, and dinosaurs are serpents, and they are the serpent race, and, and I, I don't know. There's a lot of um, guessing that could be made in that area, and, and it might seem conjectural, and much of it is. So i really rather not go there, but but... That, that is a path that could be tread if we so desired
1: well the main, uh, I thing, I just, the main thing is we're not making just pulling this out of the clear blue sky. We have archaeological evidence that the angels did this
0: well well, right there's definitely people that the writings of Enoch do prove that there are definitely people two thousand years ago that believed this, and none of this is out of the, the line with scripture. the scripture just Doesn't elaborate on these things.
1: Well, the Book of Jasher also speaks about uh, these angels uh, uh, mixing every kind.
2: Yes, it does. So, so I think I I don't
1: trust everything in the in the uh, Book of Jasher, and uh, I don't uh, trust everything in the Book of Enoch. Yeah, you
0: know, several weeks ago I did a program on eight witnesses against universalism. I did it on an open forum. The podcast is probably still available on the front page of Christogenia. If it's fallen off the front page, it's only because it's it's a few weeks old and it could be found in the podcast archives. But you know, eight witnesses against universalism. Uh, I pointed out eight New Testament passages where the entire. Um, uh, all the nations of the earth, all the people of the earth, and every tribe, however you want to look at it, they're all reduced to simply two categories, right? There's sheep and there's goats, there's wheat and there's tares. And, and one category is the, the, the uh, recipient of salvation, and the other category is the recipient of of termination, basically, let me put it that way. And um, that, that's just what the Scripture says. I'm never forget, going to be ashamed of it. And in
1: Hebrews, uh, you're either a son or you're a bastard.
0: Well, well right, and, and that's one of the eight witnesses. And, and there's no third choice given in any of those Scriptures. And, and these angels chained in darkness, it, it's very likely that that could be a reference for... The origin of these other races. And Paul tells us in in Colossians chapter 2 that those fallen angels, they are the source of false religions. And, And we always get the false religions from the other races that we're told to stay away from. And, and when we see these other races and who they worship, who do the Chinese worship? They worship the serpent. The, who do the Indians worship in India? They engage in serpent worship. And
1: who go, do these you people go to, You go to Africa and they have uh, witch doctors, you know those? Uh, yes yeah,
0: yes. and the witch doctors admit being the representatives of Satan on Earth. They admit that. They, those witch
2: doctors, I've read where they've admitted that. And as far as I'm concerned, they're all the religions Paul was talking about. So, so
0: we, we as Christians, we read the Bible, we see the creation of Adam, and the Adamic race explicitly and exclusively, we know that those people are white. We're, we have nothing to say about the other races. We should have nothing to say about any of them.
1: We should have we nothing f- to do with them. Well, well, exactly. Uh, we certainly
0: if, shouldn't have a gospel to them. That's crazy. If,
1: if, uh, if, they, if the family of them moves in next door, you don't make friends with them.
0: Well, well right. You just ignore them. That, that's, that, yeah, you, you can choose to be a separate people, or you could choose the
2: world. You can't have it both ways. And, and I, I know that the
0: world... Doesn't allow us to be a separate people physically, but we can surely be a separate people spiritually and not have anything to do with the strangers, and and we shouldn't. That that's the commandment of scripture. And, and you sure, certainly shouldn't go to them and tell them that um that they're going to be saved so that you could rule over them, uh, and that's just crazy. That that's the last thing they want to hear. That well, well Eli
1: has uh, attempted that. He he went to those niggers and he was going to convert him and if anything they they converted him
0: well well right and and his excuse was so that he could get airtime and and that just makes him a whore as far as I'm concerned that that's the sad fact of it
1: you don't sell your stuff.
0: presence to the other to the other races for airtime that that's just fraudulent
1: i wanted to talk about another book that i've got you know uh, the angels that send and by Clifton Fowler, and I realize we don't have time to talk. Well, well we could
0: take the time. I mean, we we don't, well, we could stay here as long as you want, Clifton.
1: Yeah, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, he did a pretty good job because uh, um, now he almost come out of one place and admitted to Seed Line, but I, I could tell that he was blind to it. But he divided it, uh, his book up into um uh, seven sub-chapters in the seven sub-chapters uh, the angels that sin were at one time angels of righteousness and glory two and these are Roman numerals uh, the angels that sinned were disobedient in the days of Noah three the angels that sinned are the same as the sons of God in Genesis 6 um, uh, four The angels that sinned sinned in like manner to Sodom and Gomorrah. Five, the angels that sinned became the progenitors of the giants. Six, the angels that sinned particularly aimed at the pollution of the women of the race. And seven, the angels that sinned are now imprisoned in Tartarus awaiting judgment. I I think that number six is outstanding. You know, the angels that sin particularly aimed at the pollution of the women of our race. And he wrote this back in 1927, and I think if that man was alive today and see all that's happening today, he would uh, would realize uh, how prophetic a statement he made there.
0: Well, well, absolutely. That's a very good statement for 1927. That shows a a high level of spiritual awareness, I believe.
1: Uh, the book is very good. Uh, he he's got a few blind spots, like uh, all we Israelites have. Now, now, this is Fowler. Yeah, it's uh, F O W L E R. His name, his first name, is the same as mine, Clifton. His middle initial is L. Fowler, and uh, Dan Gaiman uh reprinted the book now uh the book Fowler wrote this in 1929 and uh Dan Gaiman reprinted the book in uh, 1992 and I think it speaks a lot for Dan Gaiman because if you read this whole book uh, uh this uh, Fowler sees uh these angels that sin pretty much like uh, we presented here tonight. And, and uh, you know, uh, al- alias Eli James tried to put Dan Gaiman uh, in his corner uh, saying that Dan Gaiman believed the way he did. Well, he, uh, uh, Eli sure doesn't believe uh, what's in this book uh, that... Uh, um, Dan uh, or uh, this um Clifton Fowler wrote that uh, Dan Gaiman uh, uh thought thought well enough to reprint
0: well, well, right. Dan Damon I think would, would, um, I wouldn't ask him to choose sides, but I've read a lot of his writing. I have a couple of problems with some of his writing. Yeah, I uh, have I problems
2: too. I,
0: I can't buy telegony, but, but I'm sure with the people of, with these non-Adamic people, that he would be squarely in our camp. Uh, I mean, I don't, from, from what I've read of his writing, I, I don't doubt that one bit. Well,
1: but, I know um, he's, in, I know he's in our camp on uh, Genesis chapters one and two. Yes,
0: absolutely, and and that's what I'm referring to.
1: And I sent you a PDF to put on my website uh, so that people can uh, see what he wrote uh, in a book concerning Genesis 1 and 2, and uh, Eli uh, outright lied about uh,
0: that. Well, well, right, and and let me make a disclaimer, I don't really care who, who agrees with me and who disagrees with me, but what I do care is when people misrepresent who is in disagreement with me, and, and that's just unethical and academically dishonest. But, but that's still being done. I mean, Eli is still carrying on about your – he doesn't mention me, but he's still carrying on about your Genesis position, even as late as this month's new Ensign magazine.
1: Well, it's like I said, he's already got the documentation in, in, on his website that I was right.
0: Well, right. At, at least in in that respect, yes, he certainly does. And and um,
1: which shows that he doesn't even read the stuff he puts in it on his website. He just slams it up there. Evidently. And, and he's not with us on this angel thing.
2: Who's that? Dan Gaiman?
1: No, uh, Eli is not with uh, with the the. Uh, and he, you know, he he can't put Mark uh, up uh, Dan Gaiman in his corner on
2: the Angels. Well, well, no, he can't. He he can't. He he's doing that. I believe he's
0: doing that quite dishonestly.
1: Uh, unless Gaiman wants to
0: um make a retraction over things he wrote in his own books.
1: And getting back to the basis of the whole uh, uh, presentation tonight, I really believe that this sixth and eighth day creation came from the Jesuits and the Jews. And most of the Jews were Jesuits.
2: Well, well, that's true. They
1: were the the heads of this higher criticism, uh, trying to destroy everything in the Bible. But then the Dead Sea Scrolls come along and uh, the book of Isaiah proved, you know, uh, almost a perfect uh, rendition of the, of the Isaiah that we have today.
0: Well, well, it's very clear that by the time of the DiMedici's, that the Jews had basically absconded the Roman Catholic Church. I, I mean, they may have had their popes in there before that time, but with the DiMedici's, it was off the hook. I, I mean, the Roman Catholic Church was fully in the pocket of, of the Jews. Uh, I sincerely believe that, and, and um, I, I think that that could be established. And and the Jesuits, I, I believe, were, were founded by Jews to get Christianity back under their control because they lost it with the Reformation.
1: Well, they're the same, yeah, that's, they're the same people that dreamed up the futurism and the preterism.
0: Well, well exactly they've dreamed up many false doctrine, many, many false doctrines. That's
1: why I say I call it the leaven of the Pharisees.
0: And, and that's the systemization of deception that Paul talks about. that they come up with all these theological theological systems that that are all contrary to the plain word of scripture. and, and they're all very complex. Well, when scripture is really pretty simple, you got sheep and you got goats. And if you're a sheep, you better love the sheep. That's it. That That's scripture in a nutshell, right there. And, and we should all know what the sheep looks like. And we should all know that if it doesn't look like a sheep, it's a goat. Because there's only sheep and goats.
1: Well, I've encouraged people to buy that book. Uh, I think there was uh, one of the guys on um, TeamSpeak that uh, he, he called me personally, you know. And I told him that Dan Gaiman handled it. Well, uh, he said that he got his copy of it, so he evidently ordered a copy of this uh, Angels That Sin by uh, 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 Clifton L. Fowler. And uh, so evidently Dan Gaiman's still selling the book. So uh, I'm
0: certain. Now, he's not to be confused with the William H. Fowler that actually did pretty well with the Book of Daniel, right?
1: Uh, that, yeah,
2: that's
0: well, a different quite guy, on. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I keeps mentioning the mentioning the Borgias, and, and the Borgias were also a Jewish kind family, but they only produced one pope. And the de-Medicis gave us three. But the de-Medicis did a lot of other evil with the Fifth Lateran Council and, and um... That, that, was under a, that, that was culminated under a de' Medici pope. It didn't well, start yeah, with... Well, you
1: God. know, also uh, Catherine de' Medici, she, she married uh, one of the French kings over there.
0: Yeah, and she's responsible for the slaughter of the Huguenots.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Well, whenever you see Christians dying, you should know that the Jews are behind it, and Catherine de' Medici was, well, was behind the slaughter of the Huguenots. She
1: was doing her thing.
0: Yes, she was. Doing exactly what we should expect of a, of, of a daughter of Cain. No doubt.
1: But if Thank any, you for joining me tonight, to, if anybody wants to study further on on the angels that send, you know, I recommend the book, uh, although I'll say he has a few blind spots here and there. I think he did amazingly well uh, for writing in 1920. I was only two years old at that time. And here I'm, here I'm cr- criticizing his book, you know, uh, uh, Eighty, you know, eighty four years later.
0: You didn't have to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the first two of your papers on the angels that Cinder are on your website, right? They're linked on the front yeah, page. Yeah, right, right. And there'll be at least five others, if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: I I think maybe there'll be six. Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I guess, yeah, there'll be five in all for sure.
0: Okay. So so that's EmmaHeiser dot dot org and, and Clifton. Thank you for joining me tonight and and. I'll be back next week with Matthew chapter 12. Praise Yahweh.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Good night.